How y'all doing? Welcome to another installment of Stay Uncomfortable. Where we stay uncomfortable. We try to stay uncomfortable. This is Johan. This is your boy Oscar. And uh, yo, Oscar, <clears throat> it's hot. We're literally uncomfortable right now with how hot it is. I just showered five minutes ago, and I, I'm not, I'm gonna have to shower once again. Yeah, I'm, I don't like that. I feel like I'm in a slave ship, bro. <laughs> This man, bro. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 very sweaty. How has your day been, bro? My day, I can't complain. It's, it's been hot, but my day has been, I guess you can say, a little bit productive. Got to go to the gym with you guys. Um, hit the batting cages for a little bit, which I'm mad about. About that, I've been wanting to go to the batting cage with you, and you know. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. You know schedules. Well, what about your day? My day, today was a pretty good day. Can't complain either. Uh, gym was. It was really good. I felt it today. Good. Yeah, I sweat a lot, which that's an achievement, you know. My, my pores are closed. They open them back up, losing weight. How were them roads? The roads, uh, it was not bad at all, actually. Just drove a little bit, dropped the load, came back, and that's it. Usually, I would be leaving New Jersey right now to come back home, but today was a short day. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, <clears throat> when was the last time somebody asked you? How your day was And actually wanted to know about your day I mean In terms of wanting to know about my day I can't really say that But uh, This is not very often People just ask to ask But It's kind of like It kind of goes in through their ear And then out through the other Because it's kind of like Just like an automatic question to ask people Yeah I don't like that I don't like that asking somebody how they are Has become like common courtesy It's like The same as Bye or hi yeah, it's like you don't really care, yeah, do you? Yeah, because what if what if you actually need to get something off your chest? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, what are you doing? Actually talking about how your day was, just say it's just fine. say you're good. Just say you're good and keep it pushing. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Know. I feel you. <sighs> but today's topic of discussion, we're gonna talk about our fears. Ooh, as men, stop. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about our fears as men. Uh, man, I've known you for what? Almost 11 years? Probably more. Maybe, I'm going to say like 13. Let's say 13. Uh, nah, 13 years ago, I was in, I was living in DR. Okay, 11. We'll let's, go with your... let's say 11 years, right? Okay. In the 11 years that I have known you, have we ever sat down to discuss what we're afraid of as men? No. No? I don't think we have. Obviously, we're scared of things, but it's kind of like... It's almost like... There, there isn't a, a structure or is not societally acceptable or socially acceptable exactly. for men to talk about what they're afraid of, you know? I mean, I'm scared of the, like, some of the most generic things. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm a man, but I'm scared of, like, rats, bro. Why would, why would you not be? I'm just saying, because, like, there's people who could see a rat right now, and to get it out the house, they literally would grab it with their bare hands to get it out the house. That ain't me. Listen. This is his house now. I've... <laughs> it's the rat's house now. Yeah. Now I've I've caught my fair amount of mice. Yeah, you see. Yo, if if you need a hack to catch a mouse, I commend you. In in less than twenty four hours, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go to Walmart. You're gonna get something. Called, it's gonna be a mouse trap, but it's gonna be like glue. It's gonna have like a a Black Panther on it, right? Marvel, don't sue me. Anyway, it's gonna have like a a Black Panther or something on it. It's gonna be glue. What you're going to do is you're going to buy almonds and you're going to buy Nutella. You're going to dip the almonds in that Nutella, place three of them across on that trap, put it in a place where very little light gets in and you know a rat or a mouse mouse can squeeze in there and you're going to hear that. You're going to hear them within a few hours. Works every time. That's a very good hack. Yeah. See, we out here, we don't just give marital advice out here. We we give, you know. We give efficiency advice, too, you know. Yeah. If you want to impress your wife, catch that mouse. How about that? That's a fact. Oscar, there's been a mouse in the house for three weeks. and You mean in his house for three weeks? You catch him. What you talking no, okay. about? <laughs> nah, but, um, yeah, we don't really talk about our fears, man. And Especially, like, more, like, our emotional fears, I would say. Like, yeah. like, what are we really scared? Like, not scared of, but like, what? not things that put fear into our hearts, but things that can alter, shift our personalities or our life. 
True, you know, there's a lot of people who sabotage because of what they're afraid of. They self-sabotage. And it's unfortunate because I feel like if we were to talk about what we're afraid of more, then maybe we wouldn't end up doing some of these things. For example, uh, a lot of men who end up cheating on their wives. Right. Many of them, when they got married, if you would have asked them what they were afraid of, they would have told you that they were afraid of their marriages crumbling. Mm-hmm. And little did they know that that fear would take them to be the one who caused the undoing of their marriages. So if if we have these open dialogues about what you're afraid of, what I'm afraid of, uh, I hope that we can encourage other men across the board to actually open up and talk about what they're afraid of. You know, it's not wrong with being afraid of nothing. It's normal to have fears. It's normal. What's not normal is to live this life thinking that everything is okay and there's nothing to fear. Exactly. That's, in my opinion, that's ignorance. And it's about how you handle it as well. True. Because, you know, eventually we, we might clash with that fear that we have and we just, we don't know how to handle it. Right. Maybe if we talked about it more, we would be better equipped to handle it when it comes knocking on our doors. If it ever does. Because let's be honest, a lot of our fears are irrational. Yeah, it's all mental. For, for example, for example, I was an Amazon delivery driver. Mm-hmm. And here in the neckwoods of, of Pennsylvania, there's some very sketchy areas to make deliveries. Oh, I've seen. And they're sketchy in the daytime. Imagine in like the nighttime, late October, like after seven o'clock, everything is pitch black. When everything is like Halloween themed. Exactly. Well, even. Yeah. Yeah. But in these neck of the woods. There wasn't even a Halloween thing because I would appreciate even if it's a light. That made it. That would make it scarier, bro. I I'm, would prefer. I'm in a though. real movie, man. Listen, I remember I was in. It was a gated community, but this is the most ratchet ghetto gated community. Story time. I've ever been to. Story time, and I had ten packages left to deliver, and the further I drove, and this was just. It was inside the woods. Let me put it inside the woods, dirt roads. <laughs> all you, the only light you saw were the eyes of the deer when you're when the vehicle lit them up. So that should paint a story for you. That should paint a picture for you. And I remember, bro, I would, I had not ran in years, and I would sprint to these houses <laughs> and run back, and my with my che- my heart in my hands, bro. Knees to chest. And I'm like, why am I so afraid of of this? The people live here. Yeah, that's true. People live here like it's it's fine, but then I'm like, wait, people live here. <laughs> it is nine o'clock PM pitch black and then you hear some stranger knocking on There's your door. This black man coming to my door. Oh, listen, listen. It it wasn't fun. So some some of our fears are irrational, but a lot of our fears can eventually develop into a reality and i feel like talking about them can help us be better equipped for that so do you want to start sure so i got three fears here uh my first one i speak more about the like the emotional aspect of it so my first one i would have to say is regret okay i'm afraid of uh going through my life and ending up on my deadbed and being like i didn't do i didn't do anything Okay. Or my or, or 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 not even get to the point where I'm at my deathbed, but maybe get to the point where I'm like maybe like forty, fifty years old and I'm just not fulfilled with my life. Okay. Uh talk to me a little bit more about that. When when you say being fulfilled, do you mean like looking back at your life and being satisfied with what occurred? Exactly. Kinda like did I make all the right choices type of thing? Right. Like, you know, did I make the right did I choose the right career? Even in terms of like partner, like did I choose the right partner? Really, you know those type of things. Yeah, and it's it's normal, honestly, for people to think about that. But um, you're thinking about at the end of your life. Yeah, that kind of gives me like it's almost like you're anxious about not doing enough now. That's actually another one of my fears. Not like really that, but it's more it's along those 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 lines. All right, um. So, since you already know that you do not want to look back and have, like, an empty life. Yeah. 
what is something that you're doing actively right now so that that doesn't happen? Just being smarter. Not well, yeah, being smart about my choices and what I do in my actions as well. And in terms of like physicality, like, you know, going to the gym, make sure that I'm healthy for the future and also just being a better person. So the people that like are around me that I care about now, you know, will always be there. Okay. Um, do you think that you can be the your the own reason? The only reason as to why you're not fulfilled? Because let's say that you get everything you want. Your wife ended up being who you thought she was gonna be. You have a good legacy. I feel like you can still feel empty at the end of it all after that. Yeah. So and this isn't me digging into, you know, but I feel like the best way to get over that fear now is to do some little internal evaluation like self audit yourself right what are you what are you lacking as like character wise it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but i don't know i'm 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 figuring things out i'm definitely trying to figure things out but I, i could tell you that that is a fear of mine i just don't want to look back at it and be like oh did i do this right or did i do this wrong or could i have done this differently and you know yeah just that yeah, I feel like that at least you're, you're self-aware of the fact that you don't want that. Because, unfortunately, for the majority of us, I feel like we will make it. I mean, I don't want to include myself in there, but I will. We will make it to our deathbed. Hopefully, we'll make it to a deathbed. And it won't be until that moment that we realize, damn, I didn't do anything with my life. Yeah. So I feel like it's actually a, a positive thing that you have that preoccupation now and you're not going to end your life and then look back and say, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what did I do? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of people live their lives going through the motions. Like, okay, today I feel this way, tomorrow I feel that way. And they don't really, they're not intentional with their days. Yeah, it's kind of just whatever comes, comes and whatever you know, I'll deal with it. Yeah. Which to be I'm gonna be very, very transparent right now. I feel like I've been stuck in that rut lately. Mm. Of going through the motions. For we have been going to the gym consistently without missing a single day for f- four weeks tomorrow. Four weeks? Tomorrow is gonna be four weeks. Okay. And in those four weeks, all I've done is wake up, go to the gym, come back home, work, shower, go to work, make it back home like at twelve o'clock at night. And then do it all over again. That's literally like you think about it because, you know, you're like obviously the main character of your own story. But that's really the life of many people. Yeah. It's really just what you do in between the lines that really makes a difference. But 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 the thing is, there are seven days in a week. There's 168 hours in a week. Right. Right. I am on a truck any, from anywhere from 50 to 70 hours in that week. Right. There are still a little bit over, or a little bit under 100 hours left in that week. But then I'm sleeping, I'm working out, and the time I have left with my wife is cut short. That's, I, bro, sometimes I feel like I don't even have the time to think. Like, have you thought about that? Like, sometimes I, don't, I sit down, I'm like, man, I don't even have time to process what I'm feeling right now. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel. To be very honest with you right now, I do not know how I feel. You're like numb. Exactly. It's like, all I know is tomorrow... We got to go to the gym. Got to do it all over again. Got to eat. Got to go to work. And we got to be back here. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 in the book that I was reading, it was saying how things in life can get very monotonous. And, and the, the, it was a book about monks. And they were just saying how the monks every single morning would go on the same walk in the same trail. And their headmaster would basically say, find something different within this trail for every day. Oh, and imagine imagine you like just walking this street just back and forth. Right. And every day you're supposed to come home with a new experience. That's crazy. And I'll tell you why. The one thing that I can pick up from that is when I'm on the road driving, Mm -hmm. I never have two days where the climate is the same way. Some days I'm thanking God for the rain. And other days, I'm thanking God for how beautiful the sunset is. Right. I get to experience a lot of beautiful scenery. I can't I can't lie about that. Yeah. Sometimes the open road is beautiful. But I'm going to start doing, being a little bit more intentional about that, trying to find something different every day. Mm-hmm. That helps, actually. 
And that actually, this whole thing leads into one of my fears, which is being stuck in the nine to five until I die. Yeah. Let me be very honest with you. I was not made to work for the man. I was not designed to make anyone else rich. I feel like I have way too much in my brain. This is not me bragging. This is just me acknowledging that God, I have God-given talents. <laughs> I really do. But, man, the one thing that's consistent that everybody tells me, like, bro, you could have been rich by now, but your procrastination kills you. That would hurt me. I mean, I'm sure it hurt you. Hell yeah, it hurts me. Hearing that. Yeah. It's like... When other people kind of, when other people kind of see the potential you, you have, and it kind of takes you a while to... Or even if you do know it, you just not doing anything with it yeah yeah i know the feeling bro it's like i don't want to be like I, I, potential is only potential until you make it work yeah it's like i know people that have tremendous potential and they will die working a nine to five and it's not because they feel comfortable there no let it let, let it be clear because there's nothing dishonorable about working 40 hours a week coming home clocking out and some people some people love that some people love that honestly I loved that or loved that some years ago because it gave me a sense of stability. Yeah, I mean, when, and when you're young and you, you have kind of like, I guess, your first job and you're finally getting, quote unquote, real money. Precisely. It's like, yeah, like I, I like working. I feel like a responsible adult. I feel like I'm a productive member of society. It gives you a sense of I'm making it happen. Yeah. Type of thing. But there comes a point where you realize that your potential is being underutilized and that your talents your hard work is making someone else money where you could be putting that to work for you yeah and you're not making any money with that nope and and yeah i'm going to be very frank right now i am talking about money this isn't just about you know and money is part of our lives man money unfortunately yo i remember having a conversation with my dad i was like 14 years old and I said, Papi, I hate money. He was like, why? I'm like, because the need of money is what's making me having to go to school right now. The need of money, which is going to make me go to college, is thank God I did not go to college. That's a whole different subject, which I hope to talk about sometime. You probably will. But the need of money is what makes us, it's what's make, what, what has me in this rut right now. Mm-hmm. Going through the, you know, working 70 hours a week. Uh, not knowing to sit down, to give myself some time to think, to breathe. And I don't like it. I don't think human be- human beings were designed with that. I also don't think it's just the need of money. I just think that also the society that we live in kind of embeds in us that like we want more than what we can really have. That's true. Than what we really need, I mean. Because if we look at our lives now, it's like... it's not. And I, don't, and I hate comparing myself to like people that are less fortunate. Because this is nobody's really nobody's control, really. But it's really like we just want to we just want certain things in light in, in our lifestyles to be included that are more luxuries than they are necessities. And then you have to ask yourself why? Because most luxurious acquisitions have the sole intent of impressing other people. Mm-hmm. For example, I love cars. I love them. Okay. I don't tinker them with them like my brother does. Right, but I love them. The car that has my heart right now, or the vehicle that has my heart right now, is the Toyota Tundra. Ooh. I want a Tundra. I'm bougie like that. I want a Tundra, right? Tundras go for seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The ones that I want, seventy six thousand dollars, right? But I can't help but notice that every time a twenty twenty three Tundra pulls up next to me at the stoplight, I just go. Man, this guy is at least sixty thousand dollars in debt. If he gave ten thousand dollars down, mm. and I'm like, as beautiful as a vehicle as that is, it's there are other vehicles that are just as functional, are more reliable, probably look nicer. Sometimes I admit to myself, some sometimes I want the things just to impress other people. And I'm very frank about that. It's not a flattering thing for a man. It's kind of embarrassing, to be very honest with you. 
it's also a status thing, especially like as men, as people, as people who were providers. Yeah. It's kind of like for like men are in the in in the work and like outside in society, we are looked as kind of like a little bit of status symbols. Like a man driving a nice car is a man who quote unquote has it put together. Yeah. So you have a vehicle like that. It's it's to impress people, but it's also like okay, I am the man. Like I got I got my ish together. Exactly. And we pride ourselves on that. Whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's bro, sometimes our own wives. Yeah, we we and, and it's unfortunate. Thank God I don't do this. Uh, it's, it's not something that I've ever had an issue with. But some men, they don't see their wives as anything more than an achievement. Like, oh, I got the wife, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. All the effort goes out the window. All the trying to date them goes out the window. All the uh, you know, all the romantic gestures, which even I severely lack in sometimes with romantic gestures, because, again, it's it, it's and not making an excuse for myself because there is none. But sometimes it's even hard to take a second to breathe. But then again, there's these other men who have no intention of doing that. The wife is the achievement. The wife is the status symbol. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really big thing within the church, too. Like we, you and me grew up in church. Right. And um we have always seen how many people idolize marriage. They idolize it, which that was also one of my fears. Not to die single, but to take marriage for something that it's not. Right. Because if if, if we start marriage out incorrectly, it's probably not going to end well. Yeah. Very very likely that it's not going to end well. Now, remember, in, in the church, they made a huge deal when girls and, and guys were single. It's like... Are you praying for this and this guy? Uh, are you praying for God to bring you this person? And it was never emphasized. It was like forced. Exactly. It was forced, but even so, to take it a step further, it was never emphasized. Hey, listen, not only is being single not a bad thing, it is a beautiful thing. Exactly. And many people grow up with the fear of dying single, of not finding that person. And then what happens is they rush into relationships that end up being a curse for them mm-hmm. that they don't know how to manage because instead of being taught how to be single, how to be content while being single and how to maximize your single life, you are tricked into ushering into a marriage. And that's why divorce rates within the church is just as high as it is outside. That is a stat that not many people are going to like. No, they're not going to like it, but it's unfortunate. I, I told myself because outside of the church, my family, my brothers, my sisters, well, except for my twin brother, but all my sisters, they, they all have kids with different men. Mm. Can you believe that? All of them. My brother. I mean, the, I do because of the culture we're in. I'm not going to lie. It, okay, so it kind of it, seems. It, it's a culture, but it, it, it is a bad culture. It's a, it's a toxic culture. Yeah. Because I, I told myself that is not going to happen with my family. Like, I'm not going to allow divorce to come into this house because I'm not going to start marriage out like that. But going back to my fear, yeah, I am afraid of uh, not putting my talents to work for me. Because if I'm able to put it to work for anyone else, why not me? Why can't I benefit from that? But you're doing it now, though. Yeah, this podcast, I'm I'm not going to lie, this is a dream come true, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting down, having a conversation with somebody about things that many people are not talking about. But even now, I'm struggling, which I know I have to stop this. I have to cut it out. But even now, I'm struggling with like, bro, why did you just start now? You could have talked about these things years ago. You could have been talking about, you could have been on a whole different plane by now. Sometimes it's not about how you start. It's how you finish. Bingo. Yeah. it, It is a... It is being content in the small things. But I never want to be stuck. Bro, I'm telling you, I know people that have been working. Shout out to all my Amazon workers, to all of them. I was one of them. I used to work in Amazon. I was one of them, too. Yeah. I feel like almost everybody I know has worked in Amazon. Yeah. Whether it be delivering or in in the warehouse. But I know people who have been in Amazon for a minute 16 years 16 years and they complain about the job it's not the type of person that 
is like, oh yeah, I love this job. Yeah, this yeah. job. No, it's the type of person that hates their job. Yeah, the type of person that sees everybody as doing something wrong. If you, for whatever reason, get promoted, you're a kiss ass. Mm-hmm. If you are for if you didn't go to work, you're always talking about you. It's the misery that yeah. I don't want. I do not want to be miserable with my occupation. Like, if I'm going to be a truck driver for the rest of my life, I want to be happy about the fact that I'm a truck driver. Yeah. But sometimes the the people on the road make it hard to like that, <laughs> to like that job. But, you know. Like I, your video today about, uh, or like two days ago about, like, oh, common yeah. sense. Yeah, and people. common sense isn't common, bro. Listen, just a quick tangent or side note here. If you are somebody who drives a vehicle, four wheels, whatever, just know. Your odds against an 18-wheeler that's hauling 40,000 pounds going 70 miles an hour on a highway is not, they're not good. So don't don't play it. Don't cut truckers off. Today I got cut off like six times. And I'm like, hmm. it's funny because if my brakes for whatever reason just laugh in my <laughs> <It's> face, <funny. laughs> then I'm the bad guy. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to be going to jail for 110 years because I ran over a family of five. But no, the father. That's dark as hell, bro. <laughs> that happened in Colorado. Bro. I know it happened in Colorado. But I'm like, just damn. saying, I'm just saying there can be very reckless people on the road. Truckers, too. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of reckless truckers out there. What I'm saying is be safe. Steer clear of any enemy semis. Give them the space. Don't. If we put a turning signal, that does not mean zoom in my <laughs> lane. No. We put that turning signal because we saw that you were far enough and you were going at a certain speed. And if we go in at this rate, we're not going to hit you. Stay off the roads at this point, honestly. What's another fear that you got, buddy? My second fear. Uh, not being good enough. Ooh. That's... Honestly, that's always been a fear of mine, even like as a kid, unconsciously. Right. Because um, I've always wanted to, I don't want to say the word impress because I feel like you don't have to impress like your parents or your mom. Yeah. But I feel like it's always been something that is like, oh, like I'll, I, I, it was bad too because I remember one time and there was a point in my life where I, as a young kid, as a kid, I thought that I wasn't good enough for my mom. And it, sometimes it kind of transfers over to like my life and even my relationships because sometimes, like my fear is that I, I'll do all this stuff and all this extra stuff and, you know, be a man of the house and do what I'm supposed to do. And it still won't be good enough. Cause at yeah. the end of the day, we all have our imperfections, but then it's like, how, how is my partner really, really like doing it on the lever scale? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like are my quote unquote good deeds gonna outweigh the one bad quality or one bad thing that I have. So mm-hmm. that is, that is a fear of mine. Do you feel like you're your own worst critic? Yes. A hundred percent. Do you feel like that weighs you down? I feel like it makes me a little sensitive to it. Like, it's it's hard for me to sometimes take and some type of criticism right. in things that I do with passion. Oh. Yo, you just hit the nail, bro. Like, it's not even about the things that you do, but the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. It's almost like me with music. Like, I remember, for those of you who don't know, I'm a musician, right? Uh... And there was a time that I was just not feeling it. I didn't want to do it. You didn't want to play? I didn't want to play. And I showed up. You know, I did whatever. And people would tell me, yo, <laughs> Johnny Pepping. Shout out Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. Shout out Johnny and Rebecca. Yeah, Johnny and Rebecca. You guys are one. Love y'all. Uh, I remember one day I got to practice. I got got my guitar on. And Johnny straight up looked at me in the eyes and said, bro, this is why I don't like playing with you. Hey, and, yo. And I was like, what? That sounds like something he'd say. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, because you always, your guitar is always too loud. You don't listen to people when they tell you that it's too loud. And you always want to play over everyone. And I'm like, did, did your did Okay, I was going to ask like if your ego kind of was like, who does this guy think he is? Oh, no, of? wait. It definitely did tell me that for a quick second. But then my common sense told me, don't you dare argue with him because you know he's right. <laughs> That's funny. It, it, it was it was embarrassing because he didn't say it, you know, hush hush. He, he was, never he never says anything hush nah. hush. But we <laughs> love him for it. He was like, "Yo, bro, listen, this is an issue, and we gotta fix this. What's going on?" And then I'm like, "All right." Then I put my guitar down, whatever. And then, but I remember it's like 
I was so passionate about that. And even a criticism that had every right to be thrown out there, I didn't jive with that mm. because I was, in my opinion, I'm a good musician. I've been doing this for this amount of time. And then this kid is going to come here and tell me. But then at the end of the day, like, yo, he's right. Yeah. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me. You know what it is? If we cannot take criticism properly, it's a sign that we are not as humble as we think we are. Mm. Humility is a really important character trait for any man. Yeah. And it actually, in my opinion, paves the way for any of our issues to be resolved. Like I always say, look inward and be better. Most of the problems that you go through are your own problems. Most of the, the situations that you're in, you put yourself through. Mm-hmm. Like nobody told you to do that, but you did it anyway. Yeah. And then somebody tells us something about that and automatically knives out because we don't want to accept that they're that we're wrong. Right. But then going back to what you're saying, on the flip side of that, sometimes we tend to over criticize ourselves. We tend to over we there's a giant overcorrection that ends up being okay. It's not that you're too good or you think this but you think too little of yourself yeah and i've always seen that in you by the way that i do think too little of myself yeah i really do and i be confusing it with humility right yeah yeah to be very yeah. honest with you, you you sometimes you have the i, mean, I don't want to call it false or fake humility because that's not what it is at all there is there are people who are fake humble yeah and i remember there was a a mentor of mine he was saying joan Humility is not something that you do. It's something that you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. But when it comes to you, my brother, I'm going to take you to therapy. When it comes to you, <laughs> there's some times where you don't give yourself enough credit for being as good as a person as you are. Right. And I feel like that can sometimes take you to self-sabotage yourself. Th- that was a redundancy to self-sabotage. Yeah. And... Give yourself a break, bro. I don't. Know. I just, I just think that I, I like to be fully transparent on the podcast. I just think that I'm like the worst of the worst. I ain't gonna lie. And I don't know why. I do not know why. Like, I don't, it's just it, it's it's back to the thing. Like, it's just when I hear certain things from people that you love the most, yeah, it kind of makes and the people that you feel like you give the most effort to. And this and that's exactly the point where I was getting like I'm glad we talked about the the passion thing and in, in, in terms of like what we like to do. Yeah. But it meant more of like like how, how like how do I think how do I not feel that low of myself when somebody and in anybody's case when somebody's mom thinks the low or you think that your mom thinks very low of you mm-hmm. or that your wife thinks very low of you or that one of your children thinks very low of you and you see yourself feeling like you are you know doing your best but yet, it's like kind of not enough to that person. Yeah, and, and you know what? That is not. That's not a fun place to be. It's not mentally. I understand, and to a point, I can even relate to that because it's like you are supposed to be this person to these people, mm-hmm. and you end up feeling like you're not enough. You end up feeling like you don't meet the standard that you're supposed to meet mm-hmm. that's not a that is not a fun place to be in mentally but then you also have to understand many things are perspective yeah many things are perspective because let's put it this way let's say that my wife tells me joang i'm trying to think of an example right now your driving sucks it does no it doesn't <laughs> You all eat, right, I'm not the you, best driver. You eat but all I, the potholes, bro. Not really, bro. You eat them with a side of mashed potatoes, bro. Son, <laughs> I've gotten much better at driving, all right? Let's it's, put, it's an example, though. It's an example. <laughs> I guess this is a real example. Jeez. Anyway, my wife tells me, John, your driving sucks. Or at least that's what I heard because what she really said was, babe, why don't you slow down? Mm. Babe, watch out for those potholes. Mm. Or she can even go as far to say as, babe, I don't feel safe when you're driving. That can hurt a man's ego. 
Yeah. Because we're the we're the ones at the wheel. Yeah, that's one of those things that I was saying earlier. Yeah. That it's like that's one of the things that men pride ourselves in. It could be in. a '96 Toyota Camry, RIP. It could be a '96 Toyota. <laughs> Camry. For those of you who don't know, I destroyed the Toyota Camry. It was the best vehicle I ever had. Slowly, but yeah, he did. Anyway, yeah, this this is back when I was very irresponsible with vehicles, and we'll talk about that another time. But it could be the smallest vehicle, and a woman, or wives at least, for the most part. They want to feel safe when their husband is driving the vehicle. Yeah. Now, I can either hear, wait a minute, my wife is telling me that she wants me to drive better and she wants me to improve my driving, which means that she has not given up on me. Mm -hmm. Or I can hear your driving sucks. I wish another man was driving this car because that's where we take it. We always take it to the extreme. We never stay in the moderate side of things. We always say, oh, well, you want Oscar to drive this car then? You want this? and You want my brother to drive? No. That's not what they're saying at all. They're saying there is an issue, and I would like for you to improve upon it. It's funny you mentioned that driving thing because quick story time again. I remember um, when I was first when I first met my wife, and I had a I had a I had a 1999 Nissan Altima, yellow. R.I.P. Yeah, rusted. <laughs> the door was squeak when I opened up, and I remember one day. I don't know if many of you saw the movie Too Fast, Too Furious, um, where. Brian O'Connor, he's in the car with Eva Mendez, and in order to impress her, this man is driving forward at like 100 miles an hour while staring at her for like a good, you know, like a good 30 seconds. Dangerous as hell. Why did I go ahead and take get into my Nissan Altima with this girl? Bro. Go down a street here while looking at her. By the time I looked at the road, I was on the other lane, bro. Thank God that I didn't crash. You know what? If you would have crashed... And you would have survived. <laughs> yo, yo, listen, if you think about that, tell me that that's not the the cringiest thing you could think of. That is what you do when you're 16 and in love. Bro, 16 and stupid. What you mean? Yeah, I mean, love can cause you to do certain things, but yeah. No, but honestly. But it's it's a sense of. It's it's a sense of validation, and I I I learned a while ago that the, that that comes back from like my childhood, because I remember growing up like being the youngest my mom only has two kids me and my sister my sister is like six years older than me so i always felt out of place and like pushed out because sometimes they would be they would indulge or they'd be talking about certain conversations and i would give my input even though as a child you know it's not it's you say something stupid Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like instead of just being shut down nicely it would kind of just be like no you're not important enough to be in this conversation oh Yo, Dominican parents have that. And I have, and not many people know this, I, like the tattoo that I have in the back of my head, in the back of my neck, it, it goes, um, it says black sheep going down, and then it says golden child on the side. Yeah. And it's because I remember growing up throughout all my life, literally, probably till I was about like a teenager, like 16, I really felt like I was the black sheep in my family. And Polo G, he's a rapper, he has a song that he says, um... Now, I'm the golden child. I used to think my mama hated me, and I resonated so much to that. And I know my mom loves me now, but, like, I really swore that she hated me as a, as a child because of I feel like she, my sister just got way more attention than I did. You know, I can relate to that to a point. Not that my parents hated me or none of that, but I can relate to the point where I remember there was a time where I felt like everything I was doing wrong. I feel like I was getting mm-hmm. accused for everything left yeah. and right. And then there came a situation, because I'm not going to lie, most of the things that I got accused of, I was rightfully accused of. I'm not going to say that I was this just excellent child, no. But I remember distinctly that there was a time where my little cousin did something. He, he, I think he broke a plate, ran out to the backyard. We were watching TV, and I just stayed there because hm, that's not my problem. He broke the plate. And right. then... When my aunt comes into the room, she goes, who broke the plate? I said, it was Tito. They did, tell me why they didn't believe me, bro. Because he was nowhere to be found. And I said, nah, you're going to go get him right now. And he's going to tell you that he broke the plate. Bro, tell me when they got this kid, he said it was Joang. It's because you had a record, bro. Yo, from that moment. I remember because I developed a really bad tendency of always wanting to defend myself. Always wanting to defend myself. I was... You said that in the last episode, too. Yeah. But I remember that's where it started. Because they locked me in a room. 
like they they put me in punishment mm-hmm. for like a whole hour. I was watching Avatar the last the last Airbender when the episodes were fresh, they were new, they were dropping, and guess what? I wasn't able to finish the episode because some little punk decided to break a plate, blame it on me, and to this day they still think that it was me. But I digress. And like just continuing, like just to finish with that, like it just it does translate, and I know a lot of men deal with this. It does translate to like kind of you doing the most for your wife Mm -hmm. and sometimes you feel like it's not enough and then you just then you then again i couldn't resonate with myself because sometimes you can't even take a compliment you can't even take a you're a good husband compliment You, you just don't believe it you just don't believe it and then at the end of the day what ends up happening is you start to look back and you notice that you have grown you have come a long way because, again, I'm going to give you your flowers right now, bro. You, I can attest to this, as a human being, have grown in a way that I admire and I aspire to grow like you have. I appreciate that. Because. All glory to God. Obviously. All glory to God. But all kudos to you because you did the work. Right now, honestly, if I put you side by side with who you were, let's say a good two years ago. You're not the same person. You're unrecognizable. You're in much better shape. Your discipline has gone through the roof. You're reading like you've never read before. You're taking time to work on your mental health. And guess what? I have a feeling that you can accept the compliment now. We're working on that, but definitely better. It's better now. It's better. So being your own worst critic can have it's it can have its positive sides because it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. It keeps you always improving. But then don't do it to a point where you don't even realize how far you have come. Mm-hmm. Because even me, I struggle with that. I'm just telling you this because it's hindsight, like my brother says, hindsight is 2020. Right. Like you can see across. Thank you so much, baby. You can see across from, uh, to another person and you can see everything that's right with them. All the good stuff. But then when it comes to you, like me. I'm pretty sure I've come a, I've come a long way too. Mm-hmm. My wife has told me that I've grown in many scenarios. Yeah. But I still don't feel like I have gone to where I should be at this point. It's always that I'm not where I should be. Mm-hmm. When are we ever going to be where we should be? I think the moment will say. You know what I think? I think it's I think it's time to understand that we are where we have to be. This is all this is all really it's a it's a figment of our imagination being where we should be. I'm not going to say this is not an excuse to be irresponsible, by the way. This is giving you a little bit of hey listen, you are where you have to be right now. Because you're here and this is th- God knew that th- and this date at this time you were going to be here. So he, if even God knew that who do you think you are to contradict what God already knew? That's a snapple facts. Snapple facts. Now, going off of that, though, because I do resonate with you. One of my biggest fears is thinking that I have been a competent husband this whole time and not being one. Mm. Is that like a current thing or is that like what you like? It's, it's a semi-current thing because... I'll be honest with you. I do not think I'm a bad husband. You're not. I could definitely be a better husband. That's, we we all can. You know, but my fear is that down the line, I kind of like lose my way and I don't notice that I did. Mm. It's kind of like my brother-in-law says, John, sometimes we have to keep going straight and we make a left or we have to make a left and we kept going straight. And it's very hard to distinguish between those things mm-hmm. because I have seen so many marriages, which I think this is what affects me the most. I've seen marriages personally that I've seen that they start out right. They are good to each other. They love each other. And years down the line, it just, it hits the fan. Like nothing works. It's not working. And what I really feel happens is there was one inconvenience that never got resolved. There was one problem that was never addressed, 
it was too big for for their egos cuz ego is another big thing there yeah but <clears throat> I, I i really one of my biggest fears is not being the husband who i said i was going to be when i was a kid cuz when i was a kid i said i'm never going to get divorced i'm never going to cheat on my wife which i'm not that's something i'm not afraid of that okay that's one thing i'm not afraid of but I'm never going to do this, 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 and that. It's funny. When we're kids, we have these giant imaginations. It's a- good, though. According to, to my seven-year-old self, I should have three Lambos in my backyard right now. That's what I was aspiring to be. <laughs> You're not late. You're not too late. Well, no. If that's still the real goal. I don't want that. No. No, no. no but what I'm saying is we dream big. Yeah. But that is one thing that I want to, I want to keep that promise to myself. You want three Lambos? No. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to be the best <laughs> husband I can possibly be because my wife deserves it, number one. Yeah. But also, I feel like to a certain point, I deserve to be a good husband. Me, because what what does it say about me if I'm not? Being a good husband to a good woman, because we got to add that. Yeah. We don't want to be good husbands to like women that, I don't want to say deserve, but women that don't appreciate it. But... um. I think being a good husband is something so rewarding when done in the right, yeah, in the right format and with the right person. Because you, after, you just get a sense of like just peace, and a sense of like you're. It's like we were saying, like you are where you need to be. Yeah, and home is where the where the heart is at. So I believe if you're a good husband, like you're just gonna you're gonna feel like you're at home with this person all the time. Bro, it's that is so true. That everybody has seen where I brag about my wife. Three o'clock in the morning. I'm about to go to work. Didn't make lunch. Boom. She gets up. Not only does she make me lunch, but she makes me breakfast too. And I'm like, okay. I must be doing something right as a man. Exactly. To For this woman to get up out of her sleep. Exactly. Because let me tell you something. No woman going to do that for no for bozo. Exactly. No woman's gonna f- no, they might do it. They might not do it with a good with a good heart though. And if there's one thing about me, if you're gonna do something for me, I want you to do it with good intentions. With good intentions. I don't want you to do it. Here comes this kid. Forgot to make his lunch. Here we go. Blah. Like <laughs> like I I don't want that type of treatment. I want oh my baby is gonna be hungry on the road. Let me make sure that that doesn't happen. Cause, ladies, let me give you some advice. For, for marriage, at least. If you are going to do something for your man with a... What's the right word? With a negative heart, with malice, with poor intentions, and if you're not going to do it out of love, it's better if you don't do it. Yeah. Let him be mad at you for not doing it instead of being mad at you for doing it with bad intentions. She would have done it with bad intentions. The food would have probably been trash. Like just, bro, I would have gotten food poisoning. Probably, you know. But with all that being said, it is rewarding to be a good husband. Like it's not a secret. I talk about it all the time. Maybe I talk about it too much, but I work a lot. Yeah, hot, sweaty roads. Sometimes the AC is not doing what it's supposed to be. AC and AC exactly. And I'm like, man. I do not have any need to complain about this because I am bringing money home to a woman that deserves it to a woman that is not going to, she doesn't see me as a bank account. She sees me as a husband who provides for her, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, being a good husband is rewarding. But one of my fears is that at the end of the, uh, the end of the line, I'm like, you, you did, you didn't do as much as you thought you did. As a husband. Because I want to set a good example. Of course. I want other people to look at my marriage and say, you know what? I want what they say that they have. Because you can never really know. Yeah. But I want what they say they have. I want, if I'm going to struggle with someone, I want to struggle with someone like they're struggling Mm -hmm. with each other. Because, again, Matt Chandler, which, very controversial person, I understand. He asked somebody, he said, listen, I'm fighting with my wife every day. What's going on? And then the man said, listen. You're going to fight with somebody. Facts. No matter who. Now, 
do you think you found the person that you want to fight with for the rest of your life? And then he went, hmm, that's interesting. Me personally, I really hope that fighting gets old. <laughs> we don't argue anymore along the, you know, as 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 we get to know each other more. As, as we, I don't think it will. I have some na- old neighbors and they be going crazy in there. Yeah, but I'm not trying to be like that though, bro. That's that's one thing. I'm not trying to be like that. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get to know my wife to the point where fights can be avoided. Where yeah. arguments can be, you know what? I've I've driven down this road before. We we can avoid this type of thing. And I feel like I should be there by now, by the way. That's one of those things where I'm self-critical. Yeah. It's like, I really feel like many of the arguments that I have currently with my wife are old arguments. And you got to take your own advice, what you just told me. You got to be a little more, get, get give yourself credit. Yeah. I, I do have to be a little bit more gracious with myself. I understand that. Man, if you're listening to me here, be gracious with yourself. Don't, don't beat yourself up for things that, honestly, number one, might not even be in your control. Number two, for something that you have definitely come a long way from. And if you're really trying, like, you're really trying, like, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back. Like, you know you're trying. Exactly, because you're doing more than most. That's a fact. Most men, they they just... Most men aren't even there. Yeah. Yeah. Most men are not even there. So... You're you're there, you're putting in the work, and if nobody's going to recognize your hard work, let us do it for you. Good job, bro. Good job, bro. Thank you for coming this far. I'm going to move on to my last fear. Go ahead. And this is very self-explanatory. Overall fear that many of us men have and women. I'm afraid of getting played. Cheated on. Straight to the point. Just cheated on. Mm-hmm. Getting played, getting lied about. Like One day just getting home from work and seeing another car there that... It's on site, bro. It's on site. <laughs> and it's so crazy because sometimes I've really had like, like, you know how sometimes you just be f- making these fake scenarios in your head? Don't do that, man. Even though I, I don't get it. Tr- I've, I've done it too. I don't get mad like in myself, but I'm like, yo, can you just imagine how crazy it would be if I just pulled up to the crib and there's a car there? Like, how would you react? I always tell myself I ain't going to do nothing. Like, I always tell myself, like, just leave, bro. Like, but then it's like, that's really my fear. Like, what if, you know? What if what if, what if behind my back there's so much more going on? Yeah, you know that's. I'm not going to say that is a rational fear to have. If you're doing your part, and you know your partner, and you know your, who your wife is, I'm not going to say that that's a rational fear, but it's not a stupid fear to have. Yeah, yeah. because again, those couples that I've talked about before, that everything was right at first, everything was going perfectly. There have been times where there have there has been infidelity between them. Yeah, and that's tra- that's traumatic. It is, and not only is it traumatic, it it really sets you back as mm-hmm. a person. It kind of resets you, and and all your walls come up. You don't yeah. trust nobody. You blame everybody, mm-hmm. even yourself. And I feel like, again, being your own worst critic can amplify that fear in you. Like, if you take credit and understand, listen, I'm doing the job right now. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm not, I might not be the best husband, but I'm damn sure not the worst. Sometimes you just have to, like, understand that certain things are out of your hands, out of your control. And know your value. Exactly. Because that's another thing I was going to tell you. If you know your value, mm-hmm. you will avoid making a scene. Me personally, though. I'm going to talk about myself. This man are going to make a scene. It, a scene, bro. It's on site. Man, about to call me like, yo, we got to finesse this guy. I'll call the cops before I get inside. Like, come and pick this person up. <laughs> Honestly. And it's like, it, you know what? I think sometimes I'm not going to lie. Every man, every man who's married has thought about this. Like, what if you get home mm-hmm. and there's another man in your bed? Bro, that hurts everything about you. Mm-hmm. It resets you to your core. And I'm like, violence is the only option. But it's not, though. But, it, but hold on. Hold on. If there's another man in my bed, in my house, where I pay all the bills, and he's he's eating one of the, the apples that I bought and drinking one of the water bottles that I bought, and he's in my AC, bro, violence is the only option. You know why I say it's not? And, and I'll never forget this. I remember one time we were in our old youth, pa- youth pastor's house. Right. And he was giving us this example of this Christian. He's like a celebrity. His name is Gigi something. Gigi Avila. It might be him. I don't know. Man pulls up to his house. 
finds this man and his wife in the bed doing God knows what. What does this man do? He goes to the other room and starts praying for her. Boom. Bro, if that ever happened to me and I've told God from this day, I'm like, God, I need that to be my reaction. I'm not gonna I'm not lying to you. I need that to be my reaction. And see, this is where I'm very open and transparent, and I say that both of y'all are better men than me. <laughs> because honestly, here's the thing. Now well, well, I really I really do hope that hey, that's, that's what I'm happen. saying. Like I, the what would be the the reaction? I don't know, but I'm hoping that that's how I would react. I hope that it doesn't happen, number one. No, no, which yeah. I don't think it will. But number two, I really hope that I can be civil about it. <laughs> that I can realize my own self-worth, my value, and I can understand that this is not something that I have to put myself through. It's like I'm being humiliated enough. Mm-hmm. Because imagine. My man finesse you. Imagine this man what's my ass, bro. That's the thing. Imagine after all that, and this man has my robe on, and he's beating my ass with my robe on. Can you, do you understand? Yo. Listen. You can't come back from that. You can't. You got to move out the country and change your name. <laughs> Get skin bleached and everything, bro. I'm sorry. Change my identity. Man. But that's a genuine fear. Then I know a lot of men probably because of probably Trump, like past experiences, whatever they probably get into new relationships and they they're they're you know the mind is a scary the mind is a powerful and scary thing and, and when and when you're in it for too long like it can it can it can really here's what I'm gonna go with this here's where I'm going with this you as a man if you're listening to this if you are constantly because there's there are men who genuinely have a jealousy problem. Yeah. Who genuinely, not only do they make up scenarios, they live those scenarios. And, and it's bad. It is. If you are somebody who is doing that to yourself and you're manifesting it in real life, like I, I don't, I'm not talking like manifesting that's going to happen. No, like your actions manifest what you're thinking. Yeah. I promise you it will happen. Yeah, because it's kind of like, like when you have a child and you stop those child that child being you're so strict with that child that you stop him from doing or stop her from doing so many things by the time they're 16 and they have like kind of the ability to do what you've been stopping them from doing yeah they're gonna want to do it even more and they're gonna you know they're gonna do it Uh uh-huh even if it's behind your back and it's not even that i feel like it it, it goes to the point where you are pushing them to do Mm -hmm. something that they had no intention of doing you're driving them to the edge of your own makings like of your own imagination you're suffocating them too at that point bro i know people i know people that do not stop blowing up their girl's phone because they always think that she's doing something they always have that insecurity patch in them that software patch Mm -hmm. insecurity in their brains and it's like brother you are this isn't even smothering. King. You're accusing this woman of doing something that she she's in the movie theater with her girls. They're chilling. Yep. If it's so bro, they will pull they will pull up to the movie theater to see if their car is there. And then they'd be like, Oh, your car isn't here. Yeah, idiot, because you're driving it. They bro they picked me up. They bro, men get st- stupid mode. <laughs> stupid mode. And women do it too, don't get me wrong. When a woman is jealous, she won't tell you. She'll find out. Yeah, that's for damn sure. They'll, they'll, they'll hit you with the "I had a dream that you cheated on me," and it's a wrap for the rest of the day, bro. Which, listen, if you have a dream that your man is cheating on you, I feel like you have some internal work to do, not the man. And also, sometimes, sometimes, trust your gut. Go through his phone. Go through his pictures. You snitching, bro. I'm saying toxic right now. Nah, go through his pictures. You snitching. Check his deleted photo, photos, too. Don't do that. Nah, nah, nah. You can't do it. Not with the new software update on iPhones. No, don't do that. Respect <laughs> yourself. Nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. Don't do that. If there's enough confidence between you guys, talk about it. Hey, listen. Fuck. It's so funny. I had this dream. Laugh about it and let it go. That's it. Please. But with that being said, uh, nah, bro. Don't fear. That's not a fear that you should have. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. I feel like I, I, I'm not scared about it anymore, but because I feel like my self-value has gone up to the point where it's like, I know, I don't want like, I know what I bring to the table. And yeah. I know you don't like that that saying, but I, I know that. Oh, I'm, I do like that saying. I know that I'm somebody of value. So yeah. if you are dumb enough to cheat on me, you basically just. Me? You're going to cheat on me? You just. You, you, just, you played yourself. You blessing somebody else. You played yourself facts you played yourself but let me say this let me say this 
You said that I don't like this. I love the saying. What do you bring to the table? What do you? Yeah. What I don't like is when men ask women, "What are they bringing to the table?" Yeah. Meanwhile, they have no table. Yeah. If money is the only thing you're bringing to the table, you have a problem. There's so many. There's so many more things. Yeah. Men, again, like I, I keep saying, have more money than character nowadays, mm-hmm. and that's a problem. But let me take you to my last fear. Let's Bro, get it. I'm scared of death. Why? Not in the way that you think, though. I'm scared of death because I know that it's something that's going to happen. And I know that it's going to claim people that I love. It's going to what? Claim? Claim people that I love. Okay. It's like, I say it all the time. I was not afraid of death until I realized that it meant that my wife one day might not be here. Till I, till it's visited my dad a couple times and he's fought it off. My parents are getting older. They're getting up there in age. Yeah. I have a twin brother who I love to death. You. So many people that I'm like, dang, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. And the and the cause and effect of afterwards. Exactly. Like just... It's like, number one, how do, how is it going to happen? Uh, when is it going to be? My My selfish prayer is I want to go first. Me. I don't want I don't want to see anybody go i want to be because i i've already lost significant people Mm -hmm. i've lost people who are very close to me and it's not a fun thing but then it's like it also makes me realize how finite this life is how small how short bro i remember when i was 17 years old i remember when i turned 20 21 22 and we're all the way here in a few months gonna be 28 years old mm-hmm. i'm almost in my 30s which by the way i'm excited for my 30s i'm in the mentality where i'm happy that i'm gonna turn 30 because yeah. there was a lot of my friends who never made it to 30 that's true so it's like the reason death scares me sometimes is because it's going to happen and i can only hope that i don't get to see any of it i want it to be me because again i'm not afraid of my own death i'm good I'm in. I'm with the Lord. I'm good. Other people, though, people who I love, even that I know that are good with God, it's just a scary thing to think about, bro. Death used to scare me just because I used to think about that the the thought of not existing anymore. Right. And that kind of like that kind of messes me a little bit because it's like you spiral into an existential crisis, my brother. Literally, That's like you you're done. Like you don't get a redo. You don't nothing. You don't respond. Yeah. Like you're done. That's it. And to to me, interestingly enough, that is mildly comforting. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. This you you see it as you're done. I see it as bro, you're done. You finished. You see it like a like like like, like a, a relax like exactly like a, like, a, like sit back and relax. Your deathbed. You're done. Good. That's it. I used to see it like that though. I used to see it as, dang. What if I make it to this age, I die? Where's my legacy? Honestly, I don't care about my legacy. Because <laughs> that's not going to be something I'm going to worry about when I'm dead. No, true. However, do I want to leave a good print on this planet? Yeah, absolutely. I really do. But We thought we'd be dead by now, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's true. For those of you who don't know me, and Oscar had a very... Multiple. Multiple. <laughs> your death experiences and and like dreams and other people have had dreams about us dying together etc it's like which which i don't really worry about that anymore like even if it's still gonna happen yeah me either then let it happen you know i don't care but back then like we got into a self-inflicted stupid car accident where the police came and saw the car wrapped around a tree yeah and we walked out without a scratch neither of us were wearing our seatbelts. Yeah. And he's like, how are you two alive right now? And that's a story for another day. Yeah, that's a story for another day. But, um, but yeah, man. And, you know, to just wrap this all up, even with all these fears, I feel like the beauty in it is that it, they make us human. Yeah. These fears make us human. These fears, uh, I, I love, recently I'm loving to acknowledge my humanity. Because before I used to, you know, have these ridiculous goals and ridiculous standards expectations of yourself that nobody can meet Mm -hmm. nobody and then the people who are quote unquote meeting them are miserable 
they're dying inside because they, they, they are on a never-ending treadmill is mm-hmm. what I feel. Mm-hmm. They're going 30 miles an hour with the incline all the way up. They're never stopping. Their heart rate is at the max, and they do not find a way off. It's because they're exactly just like that. Like, bro, like take a time to decline that incline a little bit. Yeah. Put the speed down a little bit. Or even get off the treadmill. Or even get off the treadmill. You, listen, your expectation should be for you. Don't try to impress anybody else with your hard work. That's going to happen automatically. But take care of yourself. 100%. That's what, we, that's what we're really trying to get at here. Your fears are normal. Your fears are natural. However, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Do not live with the with the expectancy of making everyone else happy. People pleasers. We're going to talk about that soon. People pleasers. People pleasers. I consider myself to be a people pleaser. No. I do. I can, I can, well, I can't raise anything. Well, I'm, oh, you don't consider yourself to be one. No. I'm, I'm winding it down a lot. Thanks to my wife. She's helped me a lot with that. Good. But e- even that, like, we're not designed to make everybody happy. That is just not it. Yeah. It's, it's not part of our DNA. It's not only is it not part of it, but even if you tried, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. So just relax. Take a day off. Don't go to work tomorrow. Call off. Crack a cold one with the boys. Exactly. And chill out. Thank you so much for being here with us. This has been Stay Uncomfortable.